You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing today? Um, I'm Delon Kennedy, and this is Love Logical, uh, the, pod, the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, we're going to be talking with Michael today. Uh, he's the owner of Harson's Island Distillery. And let me tell you guys, like, this is some good stuff. Okay? I'm, I'm very much, very much enjoying all of it. It is absolutely amazing. You know, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Hi, my name is Michael Michaud, and uh, I started the Harrison's Island Distillery out on Harrison's Island uh, a few years back. Okay. And uh, we're having a great time out there. Yeah. You know. That's how I yeah, met I you. Yeah, I do. That is right? how I met you, you so know. We uh, hang out with folks that come visit. Mm-hmm. We talk about spirits. Uh, we talk about just about everything. So, like, ghosts? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, ghosts. And, well, because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, ghosts of the past on Harrison's Island. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's part of the reason why we're there is because the uh, mystery. Yeah, there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of spirits came through that island. Yeah, uh, not this only is true. did they pass through, but they were also distilled there. Yes. Um, in the in the history of Harrison's Island, the original owner of Harrison's Island was actually wasn't he a distiller? Yeah, they all were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, back then you had to make your own. Yeah. Because you know, you're it, on an island, you're not going to be able to <laughs> run up to the grocery store and, you know, pick up some, some spirits. Yeah. So they were very self-sufficient at that time. Yeah. I, like, I, like most other places, right? But still a little bit more because you're on an island. Yeah. I've learned some cool things about Harsons Island. It's yeah. it's. It, it surprised me a little bit, like learning that Al Capone used to run run booze through there back right. in the day. He had a cottage there, and, and yeah. uh, he met there with the Purple Gang from Detroit yeah. to make their deals. Because, as you know, sitting at the at our distillery, if you look out that window, mm-hmm. there's Canada. Yeah, right and across the border. they didn't have an issue with making spirits when, when, when we spirits. did. Right? Yeah. So uh, it was right there. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. I could imagine, like... Like let's say eighty this is what seventy years ago now, eighty years ago. That's right. Just seeing these these gangsters driving through in their fancy cars, you know, just so they can get to the boathouse and make sure it all gets across, you know. It it must have been Yeah. It must have been a lot of fun. Riding on a wooden barge, you know, to cross back then. Well, yeah, that's right. Not only a wooden barge, but uh the the interesting parallel between uh NASCAR uh, and Harsons Island in Michigan. Uh, NASCAR was born out of uh, the guys out running the cops. Oh. Were, right? They were up in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, yeah. Running through those mountains uh, with liquor in the back. They were racers. They were racers. So they, <laughs> they, were, they learned how to, how to drive cars by, by escaping the police. So that's how NASCAR got started. That's how NASCAR started. The first stars of NASCAR were, were uh, bootleggers. Oh wow! Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's an well, interesting fact so, of the yeah. day. 
So they had their fast cars. Well, we had our fast boats. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can outrun the police in the boats that's to right. get the spirits over and from had, Canada to Michigan. That's correct. And we had Chris Craft. So we had What's these, a Chris Craft? That's one of the most beautiful boats ever made. It's made here okay. in Michigan in Algonac. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, you certainly could drop a big engine on okay. that boat. On a Chris Craft. Yeah. Hey, make sure you Google that, guys. Chris Craft. Yeah, Chris Craft. That's right. Okay. So yeah, here's the way I think about it, too. It's like, all right, let's say, let's say you and I are buddies. We're 20 years old mm-hmm. back in Prohibition. We don't have any skills. Yeah. So we're either going to you know, do manual labor or something to, get, to make ends meet. Yeah. Or we get us a fast boat. And, and get uh, there. Go into our own, our, a business of our own that paid a lot more money. Yeah, I heard that. Right? I heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's Prohibition. That's, yeah, that was a hard time for everybody. That's right, but it, it lasted a long time. So yeah, it, it was, did. It was possible to have a you know an industry of of uh, running liquor. Yeah, from yeah. Canada, and of course the statistic that eighty percent of all of the liquor in the United States in Prohibition came through Detroit mm-hmm. and the St. Clair Flats. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! So Detroit was like one of the main main hubs to just get it get it going and get it processed. Exactly. So, like I said, we got in a time machine. You and I, we went back. Back to the beginning of prohibition, yeah, we could have run our we could have run our bootlegging business for a whole decade. Yeah, yeah, it made some that, money. That's real money too. Real money, yeah. Because that's straight for all the alcohol, especially getting that Canadian whiskey, right? That's right. Yeah. So, okay. you know, that was the that was the cottage industry on Harrison's Island. Yeah. So they the original the original bootleggers. Yeah, that's right. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, I you know. saw the pictures up there, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. That fast boat, the yeah. boat up there, and you know. I loved. I loved seeing like the the different pictures of the history of Harson's Island. You know, even like going into you guys' shop and seeing the the motorized bicycle that you had right there in the front. That was that was a part of history that you can never replace. You know. That's right. Yeah, I, I love that. That was that's that's like right up my alley. You know. Exactly. So that's kind of the that's kind of the history of of Harson's Island that, that deals with spirits that yeah. I thought was just so fascinating. Yeah, it is. And I thought, well, you know, with all those hundreds of thousands of, of bottles that pass through Harson's Island, why hasn't somebody opened up a, a, a legal distillery with that, that history? Yeah. Because I thought, you know, people, people are going to be very interested in that, the same as me. Yeah. You know, I love doing the cooking. That's okay. a whole another story. Right? <laughs> okay, yeah. But but uh, what's also a, a turn on is the is the the rich history of yeah. of people doing that. Yeah, you know, making their own stuff. Especially with it being an original port, you know, like that's yeah. even the the founder of Harson I, Harson's Island, you know, he he was actually a distiller himself. So that's he when he purchased it from the Indians, he made alcohol there. You know, and like everything we're talking about tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of date night activities, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's say instead of a, a date night, you wanted a day date, you know, you wanted to make a trip out of it. You know, this is a very a place that's very close to Detroit. Exactly. You know, not only can you stop and, you know, see all the beautiful sights, you know, from the lighthouse when you're driving in to coming across on the ferry, you know. That's that, fun in itself. It is. My, that was the first time I my mean, daughter has ever been on a, on a boat before. Right. Roll down the windows and feel that. That breeze coming yeah. through the through your vehicle, and, yeah, and you're like, you know, you're also looking around like, 
I was nervous myself. Yeah, I was exactly. nervous because I didn't realize that we started moving yet. So once this started going, I was like, whoa, okay, hold on. Yeah. And my, it was my daughter that was actually saying, hey, we're going. Look. Look, the water. And even driving on that ferry, you know, it's, it's closed quarters. Yeah. So you're – Most definitely. You get kind of a – you get kind of a little bit of a yeah, the butterfly butterfly going. Oh, uh-huh. you, know, you got to go up that ramp. Wait, you want me to go more? I'm pulling closer to the exactly. car. Yeah, you're they're right. Going, bumper to bumper. Going, bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah, bumper to bumper. And then it starts. And the one funny thing about it is that you know you're sitting in your car, mm-hmm. and this uh, it's going across, and it, it the angle's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and you start actually turning your wheel. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, wait a minute, that, that's not going to work. Yeah, you're you know, trying, to, think, trying to guide it. You're, you're trying, trying to guide it because like, you on, think it should on. be over, going over a little bit to the left. I think that's you know? why it got me a little bit because I'm like, hold on, we should be going. I thought yeah. we were just going straight across, I, you know. Yeah, I got Exactly. You. I find myself doing the same thing, like turning my steering wheel. Like, yeah. That's not going to work. So you guys, you guys actually live in Detroit and you commute to Harsons Island. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like why, why did you choose, like other than the history, what made you choose that location? Well, I think part of it was because uh, that when you – and you've experienced this. When you go across on that ferry mm-hmm. and you get off on the other side, it's like you're a long ways away from everything. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. But it seems like it. Because it's cut off. It's literally like that was the one thing that I noticed that it was kind of cut off from the rest of the world, it seemed like. That's right. You know, and it was driving through all the nature that was there. Like I'm a tree fan, you know. I love I love nature. And just being driving, just driving through some of the tunnels and the trees and just going around mm-hmm. the island and seeing some of the different things. You know, next time I come, I, w- I really want to see the Stewart Farm. You know, I want to check that out. I want to check out, like, you know, some of, the, some of the more northern parts of the island, maybe, and then go southern. I want to just yeah. check out the whole, the whole island in itself because it's... Well, there's a lot of natural beauty, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what's interesting about it. It is a perfect day trip. It is. Uh, because you can... You can get a good feel for the island in uh, in that, no matter where you are around Metro Detroit, you, you're not more than an hour or so drive from Carson's Island Yeah, at the most. So if you were going to take, let's say you were going to take your wife on a trip, let's say uh, on a Harsons Island day date, what would you do? Well, again, I'd uh, after you come across on the ferry, I'd take in some of the natural beauty, driving around the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of wildlife. If you if you're interested in birds, there's tons of different kinds of birds. Oh yeah. Um, there's tons of different kinds of, of there's marshland. There's there's forest. Oh yeah. Um, if if you like fishing, uh, I can tell you a few places where where you can catch some really beautiful fish, big, okay. big, big okay. fish. So that's that's exciting. Yeah, and that it's is right exciting. off the road when you pull off. You just pull over pull and over, you just throw it in there, and you know you're probably going to hit something. Catching some largemouth bass or something like that. Yeah, some big ones. Crappie, or, or you get, or you end up with like I do sometimes with you know little bluegills as big. But, yeah, you know, oh, that's all I ever catch. Good enough. Yeah. Good enough. So if you like fishing, there's lots of places to fish there. In the summer, they have uh, the kayak rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, you now that's something that I would really look forward to is the kayak rentals, yeah. because just being being on the island itself, it's like a different, it's like has a whole different vibe to it than being in the city or you know being somewhere even in the suburbs of Detroit, you know no traffic, 
you know, you're 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 on this island and it's just like sunshine and rainbow, especially if you go on a good day. Like and that breeze right. does hit you and it's I'm telling you, you just gotta let your hair go. You know? Yeah. You you can do a lot of kayaking on that island. Um they've they've done a lot of work with uh um a thoroughway for kayaking called Crispin's Drain. Okay. They had a project where they dredged it. Oh, okay. So you can basically kayak through those the center of the island. So there's canals and things yeah, like that. Oh, exactly. Okay. They're only yeah, accessible yeah. with a kayak. That's really cool. That's really cool. You guys hear that? So you can take a day mm-hmm. trip and let's say you're you want to do a little date, you know, take your girlfriend and go kayaking. Kayaking is always a great date. Yes. No pack matter what. The, don't forget to pack that perfect lunch. Yeah, you have to pack the great picnic lunch. Yes. Like, uh, uh, and even if you don't want to, there's there's several nice restaurants on the island. There are that you can you can go to, and they have they have their own unique histories as well. Uh, schoolhouse Grill. Schoolhouse. Is one that I'd like to mention. Yeah, they uh, closed soon. They yeah. cl- uh, the school just recently closed. Rather. That's right. That's right. It was the school for the island. Yeah, elementary school. That's right. And uh, now it's been converted into a, into a restaurant, and they do a great job. My son worked there. Oh, okay. Yeah, he used to. Uh, he would drive his boat from our place uh, right to work. He would drive his – did you guys hear that? He yeah. would drive his boat yes. to work. Like that that's the life right there. It, yeah. sounds like, it sounds like you're more in like Florida, you know, like somewhere in South Carolina maybe. Well, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, Texas. the life that I wanted. Yeah, yeah. The dream, you know? the dream life, right. right? So he rides on his boat. It's a vintage – it's a 56 Crestliner. So okay. it's a vintage boat. looks beautiful. Yeah. But it's functional as well. So he fishes on his way to work. <laughs> and then uh, the chefs cook up his fish. What? At, yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, he, so he cool. he gets off work, they cook, they cook his fish up for him. So he gets up back on the boat with his container of fish and chips and goes what? back to the cottage, hangs out, watches movies, eats fresh fish and chips. That's like the – that is the life. That's right. And then the, the, during life. the day he worked at the distillery. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really and cool. And he rode that vintage bike. Yeah, that bicycle. Was that, that was a really cool bike. You know, like just mm-hmm. just to even have like because it's the history of the island and then the going to you guys a shop and to see there's more history right there. Yeah. You know, like to me, that's that's what that's that's what sets the the how can I say it? That's what sets the mood. You know, like it it brings you back to a time where things were a lot simpler. You know, so you're not like necessarily on your phone the whole time doing this. You know, it's a good place where you can sit down and actually have a good conversation with somebody. We we actually so when we went to Harsons Island, it was me, my mother and my daughter. And I just want to take my mom on a little day trip, you know, maybe go somewhere to, you know, somewhere a little different. And she told me about Harsons Island from when she was a kid, you know, so I was, oh, OK, let's go. You know, we end up going up there and it was just it was a very fun drive. But. You guys were the highlight of our trip. I appreciate that. You were the highlight, you know, because I expected, you know, I, I didn't expect much. You know, I said, oh, okay. And then I looked in and I'm like, man, this place is really nice. It was super clean. And then you guys were so friendly. You know, we end up, we were, wanted to stay for, let's say, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, two hours went by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had a good time. Had a good yeah, time. it's like, you know, people were coming in and out. We talked to the people that were coming in, and it's like everyone was friendly. It was just a great atmosphere, and it was, I felt super comfortable, you know. So that's why I say that, uh, you know, a day date would be a great place. Like, your place would be a great place to come for a day date, 
You know, mm-hmm. come come and sample the different alcohols that we have. We're going to talk about these in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll talk about the different different types of alcohol that he makes from the spiced rum, um, the straight bourbon whiskey, the vodka, the gin. You know, he actually has a very good gin that, you know, for all the gin drinkers out there, I'd say gin used to be one of my favorite drinks. So I'd say this is a definite must try. You know, but it, yeah, like it's it was just a great experience, you know, because I never expected it at all. Like it just it literally surprised me. You know, I thought we were just going to go across and it was going to be this small town that looked like an old western from Colorado. You know, <laughs> you know? and it was it was completely different from what I expected. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that that's very kind of you. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, because, again, this is my hobby. Yeah. OK. And so. You know, I enjoy people coming in and being interested in the process and uh, telling stories because I love to hear stories as much as anybody else. Yeah, me too. And a lot of the island people have great stories because they chose to live on an island. For life. Yeah. In in Michigan. (laughs) So, you know, go there in February. it's It's a winter wonderland. It's something very, very unique. Yeah. Do they actually plow the roads? Oh, yeah. 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 People uh, live there year-round. Okay. And uh, that's a special kind of person. Yeah. So what's Most cool definitely. about that is that they, they they live their whole life kind of on the edge a little bit. Okay. So they've got great stories. You know, mm-hmm. they ended up on an island in Michigan. What, what What's the best story that you can remember that like somebody's told you? Well, mostly the best stories I've heard are the... Uh, the the grandparents that were actually in the business okay during prohibition oh okay so okay we have we have some folks that come in there that are you know they're 80 plus years old um, so they remember their grandparents mm-hmm. actively working in that industry on the island and wow. I've, I've heard about you know the my I remember my grandfather driving across the ice because that channel before in before modern times when they keep it open for the shipping mm-hmm. look for a solid wow that's cool i didn't know that so yeah you got a road directly to canada you don't have to you park the boat get the model t out <laughs> you know? so they i've heard lots of great stories about uh their grandparents uh yeah. and grandma their grandfathers <laughs> driving across that that, uh, putting channel. across, putting across the ice on their Model T. Yep, <laughs> that's really around, cool. That's really meeting cool. Meeting people on the other side and packing up those cases, <laughs> the liquor across the ice. Though that is yeah. that's man, talk about ice. Yeah. That's a dangerous job. But I guess it is a dangerous. You know, job. Ba- I'd say back then it got a lot colder than it does today, though. Yeah, it it, it froze solid. Yeah, you know. I actually heard um so I was I was I was reading a little bit about, you know, the history of the island and things like that. And I watched a little short documentary on the uh the ferry drivers and how he's he's his dad or his grandfather like bought it um and he it was, he had a wooden barge at first then he switched it all around, built the first metal barge. And he said they actually have to break through the ice like they let it freeze over solid then they have to break through the ice one good time and then they should be good for the rest of the year. Sometimes it's closed. Sometimes closed. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. If they get those big, big, big ice float flows mm-hmm. coming through there. Those are. Think about how much they must weigh. Oh yeah. They're going to push around that ferry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, cutting a so, hole like the Titanic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, I know that that uh, my son and his buddies would love love to go there in the winter. 
mm-hmm. because they would uh, they'd build like a, a a sled run off of our seawall down into the cut where we live because we what? we live on a on an island that has I have no road to my cottage. I, you have to take a boat there. Oh, man, that's cool. So when that freeze is over in the winter, mm-hmm. they it's up higher. They build up they they get pallets and build this wooden th- ramp and they ice it all down and they slide down and onto the cut. Wow, that's really and cool. They also like ice skate and then they of course they got to sleep outside in the igloo they made. They're, so you guys actually made igloos? Not me. I live in. The, I stay in the house. <laughs> I'm not gonna. No. Come on, These dad. Are, no, not that's no. I did it. I did it, but. It was mostly the kids. Did That's that. that was my favorite thing to do growing up. Uh, we yeah. would, man, because I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and we would take the um, the the like you know they always have the snow piles mm-hmm. everywhere in Michigan, but they would always put them at the end of the driveway in our apartment complex. So what we would do is we would just start freezing it over. You know, we yeah. would dig we would dig into it a little bit and throw cups of ice water on it. You know, and we were back and forth with mom yelling at you, stop going in the house. You know, in and out, in and out. And we'd eventually we uh we built igloos like we'd ice the hole inside of them and just that was where we hung out. We'd hang out with the boys, you know, little fort. Try to chop a window in it, end up collapsing every time though. You know? That's what they did too. And of course they did they did all the tricks, you know, that like to get out of school, right? But they oh, yeah. do it to hope that the ferry would be shut down. So they'd be trapped on the island. Yeah. We wouldn't have to go back. That's really cool. So Sunday, you know, Saturday night, they're wearing their, you know, underwear inside out and, you know, all these, all these <laughs> different ice cubes in the toilet. Ice cubes yeah. in the, yeah, they did all this stuff. It wasn't to get a snow day from school. It was to get the ferry to stop. So really? They got That's trapped cool. on the island. And a couple of times it did happen. Just so, so you get you get to have that experience on the island. Exactly. You know, like that's that's one thing that I can say that I would totally get into. I would love to yeah. live in a place that was isolated like that to where it's, you know, you have just a great foundation. But let's talk about some some spirits. All right. Um so what what interests you in making in starting to make alcohol? What how did it become your hobby? It it goes back a, a ways. So I'll tell you I'll tell you a story about that. So my my dad's family owned a machine tool business, mm-hmm. machine shop. Yeah, machine shop here in Michigan. Well, they ran into some some difficulties, you know, with labor and whatever, and uh, they decided they were going to close their current location because they just couldn't couldn't uh, make a deal, and they packed up all of their all the machinery, and they moved to a different location in Michigan. Okay. Uh, my dad said, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with, with any of it anymore here. I'm moving down to Tennessee. He said, I think that's where the manufacturing is going to go anyway. Mm-hmm. He was right. He was way ahead of his time. Okay. And he moved down there when I was still in elementary school. Um, and he built himself a little building, got it going. But he would drive back and forth from Nashville, just south of Nashville, back here because he had to pick up machine parts and steel and he had clients up here. That's a long drive. Yeah. 
It's like what he used to do it twice in a weekend, which basically just means you're driving the whole. Yeah, the, yeah. It's like a nine hour. It's, it's nine, ten hours. Nine to like ten. A nine hours on a if you can mm-hmm. if really cook through Kentucky. If you don't get you don't hit any traffic, that's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. Back traffic. Then, oh yeah, that's minute. true. That's true. So and you had a big V eight, so you could drive ninety miles an hour, and he, he could get down there and you know eight and a half hours one way. That's awesome. So I used to, of course, you know. Uh, hitch a ride mm-hmm. because you know if you're from Michigan and somebody's going down to Tennessee in, in the 70s, that's another world, especially your kid. So you just so, you just hitchhike? Like yeah, it's like uh, I would go down there and and we'd live in the in the office because we couldn't afford a house down there okay. when we first started. But for me, you know, what kind of an adventure is that? Because it was completely different yeah, than what I knew. The ultimate adventure, the ultimate especially adventure, hitchhiking they, the whole way. They talk different. The, yeah, the, the landscape was different. The hills, the hills, the hills. Yeah, I, I love hot. that about Tennessee. It was really hot. We have mosquitoes. They have chiggers. Well, I, 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 learned that I thought a chigger. Way. I thought a chigger and a mosquito were the same thing, no, but you know that's another story. Are worse, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was completely different. Yeah. So to me, it was it was fascinating to, to go down there, and there wasn't a lot of machinists there. There wasn't any. Mostly, if you have a machinist down in Tennessee at that time. Was somebody that worked on cars. Okay. So my dad would have to hire people and train them. They didn't run, they didn't run lathes and mills, and, and he did high precision work too. So it was a it was a skill. So he was training people and bringing people down from Michigan to help and back and forth and back and forth like this. Mm-hmm. So I went down there, and I got to know the locals. You know, they finally trust us, but we were Yankees. <laughs> yeah, right? so yeah, Yankees always. They're not going to embrace us 100%. <laughs> Heard you know, that, not till, yes. Not until yes. we kind of proven ourselves. But my dad was a was a guy who was instantly likable, and he was very genuine, and he cared about people. And so he was training the people, and he was paying them Michigan-Detroit wages mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, it's like. So they were making money that they didn't have before. Yeah, not, they not, never they never seen before. Bale and Hay doesn't pay as much as Ryan. Lake. Heard that, right? So they finally they trusted us, mm-hmm. and I went over to a, a son of the one of the guys that my dad was was training and working with. They finally invited me over to their place, and it was a tobacco farm. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, well, I didn't know what tobacco was. You know, I never saw a tobacco plant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, okay. I know what corn was in summers. I bailed hay like everybody else, yeah, you know, yeah. to make some, some money. But tobacco, I didn't know anything about. Anyway, so I went in the tobacco barn, and they had a machine in there that I'd never seen before. I know it about lathes and mills and all that, but this one had a fire underneath it, and everybody was sitting around it, and there was liquid coming out of it. And it looked like something from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> and that's the first still I ever saw. Okay. And I stood there and saw it. Like, what I said, is that? Wait a minute. I've been around machines. I've never seen a machine like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was hooked. That's, that's all that it took. That was it, man. Was that's like, all it took. What is this thing? What, like, this is, what is that fire doing underneath What's that there? that fire doing there? Why is everybody so happy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I know now. But that was the first time I, just, I saw anything like that. Because okay. how, you know, when you're in ninth grade or tenth grade in high school, Mm-hmm. You never seen a still. No, I mean, had no idea how liquor was made, or mm-hmm. you didn't. No you idea. didn't care. Was... Like I said, to me, it was this. Like, what the heck is that thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I became pretty popular 
because they found out that I could fix things. We had a machine shop. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, we, uh, I'm trying to think of which stories I should tell you. <laughs> I probably told you these at the distillery. Yeah, but yeah. Now I'm, you know, this microphone's here. It makes you a little it more like, nervous. Yeah. Yeah, should I say but that? But anyway, yeah. So, so we rigged it up that we could, me and my buddies could get into the shop at night after it was closed up. <laughs> okay. We loosened like a panel up in the ceiling, like above the vestibule mm-hmm. when you're in the front. Just climb through. And we'd, you know, get somebody on the shoulders and push them up through. They'd go up there and go to the back and lock, unlock the door. Okay. So we would, we would spend the nights in there building stills of our own. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you guys built your own at yeah, first. Yeah, we started, we started building stills there at night in the machine shop and fixing parts that they would show up with like, hmm, you know, this thing broke and like, oh, well, yeah, I'll we'll put that back together for that. you. I got gotcha. you. Get that fixed up. That's yeah. nothing. You know, we had, I knew how to weld. I'd been around that stuff my whole yeah, life. Yeah, your whole life because your dad did it. Yeah. You know, whose dad did it, you know. So this thing broke or that broke, we could re-thread it and braise it up and fix. So we had a constant supply of of uh, still parts that needed fixing. Yeah. And of course, you know, we were we were teenagers. So easy we were money. Building our own. Yeah, easy money. We, ne- we never sold any of it, but no? g- gave a lot of it away. Okay, okay. You know, and that's how you learn. It is. And uh, that's where I found out that it's not as easy as, as you may think. It, it's not just a machine that you just, you know, you turn the thing on, dump something in there, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> it. it it's all done because da- it can be dangerous. It is dangerous, you know. Like, yeah, like this yeah. is high pressure and everything. Like it in the dangerous. movies, you always see the you know, every once in a while in the movie, you see one just blow up. You know, mm-hmm. don't fire guns here. You know, that's right. The old, the old, um, the old movies, like the from the old time. That's with right. The runners. I mean, you got vapor coming out of there. You shouldn't. There shouldn't be any vapor, but you have you have product coming out of there at 190 proof. Oh, wow. 192 proof. Super flammable. Super flammable, and it burns very, very quietly too. So it's not like gas that you know, you, like you know what's going on. This this uh, by the time you realize that, that it's on fire, you're burned. Oh wow! So you have to be it's very, that, very it's that blue flame. Yeah, I, remember I, I was telling you there that, that that the rule you never turn your back on the still. Yeah. So that's why I, you know I'm talking to you at the at the distillery, but mm-hmm. I have to always tell people. Uh, I'm not being rude. I'm interested in what you're saying, but I've got to watch that still. But I don't want to stand back there because I want to be out here talking to you. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, so you got to be careful. Okay. And so I started making uh, spirits when I was probably 10th, summer of 10th grade, first grade <laughs> into it, summer 9th grade. What a childhood. Yeah. Like, what a childhood. That's, that that's awesome. Our, that was our secret. Yeah. That we had to keep from our parents that, that some people go out and, and you know, uh, take beer out of the refrigerator yep. in the in the garage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We stuck in the machine shop and built stills and made moonshine. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> we would just go raid uh, my friend's mom's cabinet. You know, all the, she never drinks the spiced rum. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we were a long way from making spiced rum back then. But, but what uh, was, so what was um like what was what do you think is your favorite thing to make that you that you like? I, people ask me that quite a bit, and I, I, my answer, of course, is I like making it all. But okay. I do have a soft spot spot for rum. For rum, like if if we could grow sugarcane in Michigan, yeah. I'd be the happiest man in the world. 
and have your own field. Oh, man. Could you be able to just get that raw material? Yeah. And not that I'm complaining because, yes, remember, Michigan has fantastic grains. True. We have. We have everything, everything. we need to compete with anybody. Yeah, corn, We've all that. Winter wheat, rye. Mm-hmm. We got apples. We got cherries. Raspberries, True. blueberries. goes on and on. We, we have everything we need. It's except funny. Except for sugar cane. It's funny, though, a lot of people don't realize that Michigan has, you know, like I know the Granny Smith apple, but a lot of like I remember being a Michigander and people saying, have you ever been to the Cherry Festival? And I'm like, there's a Cherry Festival in Michigan, you know, but maybe it was because I was young. I, I learned about it when I was moved away from the state mm-hmm. and then I had to come back and visit it one time, you know, because like, I, I knew nothing about it. Like, oh, I thought that's just the best thing. You know, we eat the cherries. I didn't know there was festivals and oh, yeah. Mich- the northern Michigan is the cherry, the cherry fields and all this stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. And that's why we have cherry everything. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Something's made out of cherry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. liquor. Like yep. Up at the, the distilleries up in Traverse City, they make, uh, they make you know, cherry-based liqueurs and liquors. Hey, cherries are good. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't, I can't complain exactly. about having some cherry liquor, you know. Yeah, so to answer your question, what do I like making? I do like making rum, uh, and I get the I get the uh, backstrap or molasses from Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. And it's, it's fun to make. Why uh, is it fun to make? It smells great. It smells good? Start. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the smell is fantastic, and it's not as technical as making something like a bourbon. Okay. Because, you, you know, in, in bourbons or whiskeys or any of the other grain-based liquors, you're extracting the glucose from the grains. Okay. So you're going to cook them for a certain period of time. Uh, you're going to bring the temperature down and add a second grain to it. For instance, for bourbon, it may be wheat or it may be rye. Mm-hmm. You're going to bring the temperature down a little bit more holding it to, to, to get those starches, mm-hmm. extract those starches. And then you're going to add malted barley that has that enzyme. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Like I remember. has that enzyme, which I think is the coolest thing. This, this uh, malted barley has an enzyme. When it goes in that, that pot, and that pot, remember I told you, mm-hmm. it's just like making cornmeal muffins. Yeah, it's all starch. <laughs> you leave it there; it has like cracks, and it. it looks like the top of a corn cornbread. Yeah, you know, if you take a good old cast iron. I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, I love cooking. No, I'm sorry. I, love cooking. <laughs> I I've never made corn. I like cooking too, but I've never made cornbread. I always let my grandma do it because hers is the best. Yeah. You know, well, that's true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I could never compete. You don't want to compete with grandma. No, but anyway, the that malted barley mm-hmm. when you mix that in there, it. It liquefies that okay. because it converts all that starch to glucose. Wow. And it, it's just fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never I, seen that process. You will when you visit me. Okay. I'll show you. Roger you that. Cook. I'm looking for an assistant anyway. So. Roger that. Uh, uh, so anyway, the point is that uh, that's more technical to make. Yeah. So we follow a very, very precise directions so mm-hmm. that we have consistency. It's all measured out. Good yeah, going. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but rum, you can be a little bit more wild. You can just toss like a little bit of this extra some of that, in there. Some beautiful water, nice clean water in there, and then and add that molasses, let it cook down, mm-hmm. and the smell is beautiful. It smells fantastic. Uh, and then there's some other ingredients in there. Yeah. Too. Uh, and then the same thing, fermentation. Smells great. Uh, and then you uh, run it in a pot still, and you get those beautiful citrus 
and tropical flavors that you'd never expect to get out of a just out of molasses. <laughs> and you're like, how do you get butterscotch flavor out from of molasses? molasses? Yeah, you know? yeah. a lot of people uh, are the white rum. They, they taste a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tropical flavors in there. Okay. Like, did you put butterscotch in there? Like, no. You just get it from the molasses. Yeah. So that's that's really cool that's because right. like getting like it's I didn't under I, I never understood that you could get like different flavors depending on how you you know actually distill the 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 liquid the, the liqueur. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's, that's correct. really cool. And it's the same with the bourbon. The bourbon, okay. uh, as we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, that white dog <laughs> goes into that barrel, and it comes out. And once it once it goes in that barrel, it's Mother Nature. Okay. No, you can't. You can't put garbage in a barrel and expect to get a good bourbon. You got. You got to. True. You have to put. You have to put a nice profile in that barrel. Yeah, I saw on Facebook you were actually smoking your barrel. That's right. We. Yeah, you smoke them yourself. That's right. Some I buy already charred. Okay. Uh, from Minnesota, from Black Swan. Okay. And some I, I, uh, I, I love to save barrels because I have this thing about barrels and the, and the history of the barrel. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Okay. So I take them apart, I scrape them, rechar them, put them back together again, mm-hmm. then refill them and let them go on their next life. Okay. Because that all spirits are clear. Remember it? We yeah, you told this? me that. Yeah. So I'll just tell everybody else. And all spirits when they come out of the still are crystal clear. There's no color. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be. If it's cloudy, run away. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that, you know, it's that, not the good stuff. No, you don't want that. You don't want that stuff. Um, so... That color and that flavor, flavors, are going to come from that barrel. Yeah. But it's, it's even more interesting than that. Uh, depending on what journey that barrel goes on, mm-hmm. it's going to determine that flavor profile. So uh-huh. that big barrel mm-hmm. that, 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 uh, that the high water came out of, mm-hmm. um, that sat in a, in a shed for two and a half years, exposed to everything. All the the hot, the cold, hot, everything. Cold bees, raccoons, you know, <laughs> anything. Right? I hope not raccoons. <laughs> well, they don't get in the barrel, but you know, it's it's uh, it's not in a climate controlled place at all. It's yeah. it's purposely there in order to be exposed to whatever elements the, are coming its way. So the because the elements actually help develop yes, the flavor exactly. Okay. So the smaller barrels that you saw mm-hmm. at the distillery. Um, you remember they were they were out in front. Yeah, I, I wondered when we were exactly. walking by. Like I didn't I didn't realize that they actually had like you know the liqueur in them. Most people don't don't realize that they they think it's a it's a display display like, like a no, place no, for a kid no. to sit and take a yeah. picture. You know, like yeah, it makes a great picture. But it does. The reason that barrels out there is because uh, it needs to get some sun. Mm. So I sit it out there out there in the front, let it cook in the sun. Um, and that adds to the character. Why do you scrape them, though? What, I would think that, you know, leaving, like, second generation, you know, it's going to make it more potent. It's going to add more it flavor. Can. It know? can. And some of them I don't touch. Okay. A lot of them, a lot of those barrels, uh, used bourbon barrels that I had used myself, or I found them, I got them somewhere, I'll put the rum in there. Yeah. Remember we talked about yeah, that? Yeah, we talked so about the, that. The rum, of course, is crystal clear. Yeah. It goes into the used bourbon barrel and it sits there for a long time, and it gets that beautiful color, right? That's what that. Yeah. That's where that color from that, it's like a, it's that like, spiced rum comes it's from. It's like an Auburn. 
That's right. Amber or an amber color. Exactly. And it mm-hmm. picks up that vanilla flavor from the barrel. Yeah. It picks up a little bit of the bourbon that used to be in there that's gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same with the other barrels. So I actually named the barrels. How <laughs> you name all of them, yeah, too? Yeah, instead of numbering them. <laughs> like, I just thought, sometimes I look at the barrel and it just reminds me of somebody. Like, one of them reminded me of Johnny Cash. <laughs> so I look down, it, it's kind of rough. Kind of rough, rough around the edges, yeah, you know. Dark spots. Some dark spots. Mm, it's look like you've got a burning ring of fire right there. Exactly. It kind of has a history. <laughs> okay. You know, maybe not. A, like a, you yeah. must have got this one, Folsom County. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, That's so, cool. So Johnny Cash spends some time out in the front. Johnny mm-hmm. Cash spends some time in the back. I also loan the barrels out for trips. So some of the barrels mm. sit at friends of mine. Mine there at their house, some oh, okay. in their man cave pole barn. Change uh, the flavor. That's right, exactly. Wow. So part of that, the part of what what you're getting in that bottle is the journey that that barrel and that bourbon have been on. Oh, that's really cool. So if if I took some of my bourbon from the big barrels, mm-hmm. and I took some uh, bourbon from Johnny Cash, it's going to be very different. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people. Uh, including myself, develop kind of an emotional attachment to the barrel. Yeah, because the barrel gives you that type of yeah, flavor that you're st- looking for. That's right. And they stop in and say, how's Johnny Cash doing? I'm like, uh, it's doing pretty well. And uh, we just pulled a little bit out, and we'll try it. You know, those tables have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we have a table that looks like a dock. Okay. And if you if you pull one of the, one of the pieces of wood out, the... The bungs of the barrels are there so that we can pop oh, them up and taste them. <laughs> you know, kind of like the speakeasy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, right? A little, little hideaway. So so a lot of people are simply waiting for the that barrel to be ready, whichever one that they, they have a preference for. Yeah. And uh, So, like, you have certain people come for certain, like, certain barrels. Yes. Really, that's cool. Exactly. I want to try Johnny Cash now because I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I've since I was a kid. Ever actually, it wasn't when I was a kid. It was when I saw the movie. Once I saw the movie, and then I started listening to the music. It was like, wow, like he really like. I thought he was amazing because he made one beat for the end. Like he had the same beat for yeah. every song, but you you couldn't tell because he just twisted it just a little bit. That's right. Yeah. So that's what that barrel is. Yeah, kind of rough, but it's. Ends up being melodic and smooth yeah, flavor. Super smooth. Super smooth. Hmm. Um, and I just find that fascinating. Me too. That that uh, you can change the character of that mm-hmm. drink simply by giving that barrel a past. Wow, that's really cool. Yes, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. I've never, I, I would never yep. think that. Yep, that's right. Just yeah. putting it somewhere else. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this one on the boat, and we're gonna take it over here. Drop it off at so and so's house, and just from being on the other side of the island itself, it, it has a completely different flavor, night and day. That's right. So what you'll yeah. hopefully when I when I get it together mm-hmm. on Facebook, uh, we're gonna we're gonna show some pictures of where these barrels have been. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Because I just throw them in the back of my car, and I'll drive them to wherever we may be going for a weekend. <laughs> that's really cool. So, like, you know, <laughs> like yeah, so going to Tennessee, <laughs> exactly. So, Dolly Parton Barrel spent the weekend in in Traverse City. Oh, that's know, cool for the for the Iron Man. Oh, okay. And sat out on the beach. Wow, you know, just gets a man. I wonder. So, 
Is it the wood or is it the element soaking in through the wood? Like, because the wood still breathes, right? That's correct. So the barrel is waterproof, Mm -hmm. but it's not airproof. So Uh. that barrel is is breathing. That's what they call the angel's share. So part of that barrel is going to evaporate through that wood. Oh, wow. So, like, it, it may start off full, but by the time you're done, it's like... Like you lose about, let's say, an eighth of it, or well, not not quite, but you lose part of it. Part of it, and, okay. Uh, and the the proof changes, and the flavor changes because it's it's getting more condensed. What's the strongest proof that you make? Well, we put it in the barrel at one eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes out of a pot still around one forty to one fifty. Okay, and it depends on what the what the grain bill is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. What I didn't anticipate was so many people wanted the cask strength uh, bourbon. Yeah. They're like, Mike, you know, we trust you mm-hmm. to proof it down, but really don't want you messing with us, our bourbon. That's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. We'd like you just to draw it straight out of the barrel, chip little, little, if there's little wood chips in it, don't filter it, don't do anything. Just literally... Mm-hmm. Take really? it out of that barrel, yeah. Because yeah. what they're going to do is is they're going to take their own glass, their favorite glass, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to have their favorite little ice cubes, mm-hmm. no matter how they look, whether they're square, they're round. A lot of people get those ice trays that have the small round ones, the yeah. big round ones. Mm-hmm. Or they don't care. They just get whatever comes out of their, out of the, their refrigerator ice maker. Okay. But they know that they're going to put in two two of those cubes or maybe three of those cubes and they're going to pour 118 in there right and they're going to they're going to go like this with it wash it around mm-hmm. until it proofs down when they know that that those three cubes or two are melted it's proofed down to where they like it what yeah because there's a different Hold flavors on. For the different proofs. So that's why people actually put ice in their drinks. It's not just to chill it. It's also to proof it down a little yes. bit to make it make it more tolerable right. for their preference. Exactly. Wow. Hey, you just learned something really interesting there. I never knew that. Now, also, yeah, or the flip gotta, side is some people use whiskey stones. That's right. Because they don't want to proof it down, but uh, they do want to chill it. Be careful because there's there's the school of bourbon drinkers that think putting ice in it is... is Blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> you, you, you should never do that. And, again, it's a matter of preference. But yeah. if you start at 80 proof, you're never going to experience that bourbon at 90 because you can't go that way. Yeah. You can only, you can go, only down, go down. Right? Okay. So I never got a label made that said cast strength 118 or had the barrel numbers or anything else. Because mm-hmm. I didn't anticipate how much demand there mm-hmm. was going to be for cask strength, um, and I changed that. So this week I have the the, the other label, mm-hmm. and it has an area there that I can write in the the grain bill, which means what is it made out of? Made it, yeah. What what barrel number is it? What bottle number is it? What what's the proof? Yeah, and okay. cat. And so I really think that that going forward, most of our bourbons are probably going to be cask strength. Taken right out and not, not manipulated at all. Oh, that'll be a huge drop. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely have to come and get some bourbon. And people constantly ask me to buy the whole barrel. Um, and I tell them, I, I can't do it. It's hard enough 
emptying the barrel that I've become so attached to, mm-hmm. bottle by bottle, let alone watching you walk out of here with my baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a lot of these, you know, a lot of the whiskey and bourbon clubs that are out now, and that's typically who's asking, I would that's assume. Right. It is. Because they're going to have their own private event at their own space, and they exactly. just want to have they want to have that be the focal point. So That's mm-hmm. exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they want that barrel to be the focal point mm-hmm. of their activities and have people sampling it mm-hmm. right out of the barrel. So is it unique out of the same barrel, though? It, does it change? Every time with that same barrel, like if you empty Johnny Cash and you did them again, would he just, would it still be changed even though it's the same recipe? Yes. And you put them in and outside like in the same area. It would. It would hmm. change slightly. That's true. It, and it would take a lot longer as well. Oh, so okay. That second time around um, is going to take is going to take quite a bit longer than it would the first time. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's the reason you scrape it sometimes because it's maybe it's already been used twice mm-hmm. and you'd have to have that bourbon in there for three years or four years oh, wow. before you'd get the pre- flavor profile that, that you would want to release. So that's when you say, you know what, it's time to get back to the original wood. So you literally take this tool, it's just a wood scraping mm-hmm. tool, and you, and you put the thing in a, in a vise and just literally scrape it, mm-hmm. scrape the stuff off back down to that wood. And then I, in, on our Facebook page, it shows me doing it. Yeah, I, I saw Did that. You see that. Yeah, I saw that. that. I was using hickory. Oh. I was using hickory wood. Okay. And I thought I'm going to try hickory. Well, I definitely, I definitely want to definitely, most definitely come back. Um, I'm going to try some of this gin, guys, because you know, like, uh, I love some gin, you know, and the vodka maybe for my girlfriend. But I have some. My mom actually got some spiced rum, and I got the spiced bourbon. And let me tell you, it was a, it was a hit at my house. You know, I probably got about a quarter of the bottle gone because I'll just let people sample only samples. Thanks, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's really that. good, you know. And I very much appreciate you guys coming in, you know, and talking to me today, and just you know telling me a little bit about your story. I definitely will recommend everybody, you know. Let's go to let's let's go for a day. You know, you want to take a day trip? Let me know. Let mom know. We'll we'll come through and we'll have a great time. We'll go and we'll sample some of the different types of liqueur that we have around. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys today. You know, we had Harson's Island D- uh, Distillery with us today. Um, I want to say thank you to Michael. Oh, say before you wrap up. So where do they find you online? Facebook, website, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Facebook and. And it's Harsons, so H-A-R-S-E-N, if I recall correctly? Yep, Harsons Island. And as you know, we have uh, we have couches out there. Yeah. Uh, it's really designed to have you come in and, and hang out. It's, we certainly don't. It's very comfortable. Just walk in and stand there. We've got books on the table that show history of bootlegging, mm-hmm. the history of Harsons Island. Uh, there's some recipe books for, from, for moonshining. Uh, there's some lots, lots of interesting side, right? Yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff there to, to pique your interest and pique your the, the conversation about it. And of course, I'm always thrilled to explain the process and uh, show you some differences, as I said, in, in the in the different bourbons depending on where they are, different in, flavor in profile, the, profiles, different flavor profiles, yeah. depending on where they are, meaning where they're sitting in the barrel and what that 
barrel history is. That's what I enjoyed the most about going there was, you know, being able to sample everything before you actually had to make a decision and make a purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it was a very comfortable environment. Like I said, him and his wife, they are great hosts. You know, so I would say I welcome you to come to Harsons Island and have a fantastic time. You will enjoy the ferry trip growing across. You know, it's it's short, but it's fun and straight to the point. You know, everything about it is a great time. You know, I'd say if you want to check us out, go to lovelogical.com, www.lovelogical.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook at the Love Logical page. Um, you know, we had Harsons Island Distillery. Anything you guys need, let us know. And always remember, show the love that you want the world to see. Thank you, guys. Have Thank a great you. rest Thanks of your day. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, sir. Nice to see you again. Yes, sir.